If you don't understand what's going on, you're liable to get crazy at this point. us i don't okay. know if i'm supposed to or what i'm doing but, <laughs> but i do it it works <laughs> that's all that's all you need all right here we go energy <sighs> lion face <sighs> lion face <sighs> red leather yellow leather yeah. red <laughs> leather <laughs> yellow leather. Leather. before we get going Oh, right. I should have got water. I didn't get water. I got whiskey. Yeah, I just have whiskey. I'm going to get water real quick. Hold on, Jess. Oh, okay. Whiskey. Oh, I wish I had whiskey. Oh, I don't. Oh. I just got this <laughs> throat drying, voice harshening coffee. <laughs> I've got. All right. Wonderful for you, Mountain Dew. There we go. Hmm. That's okay. the crisp taste mm. of the mountains. <laughs> Just like the mountains. Just like camping in the mountains. Mountain Dew. Oh, make my hair wild. I don't want it to be nice and even. I like, the, yeah, I like the new haircut. Last well, I saw you, you, yeah. you had it. You had the I long, had the long walk. going. The COVID curls, you might say. Yeah. 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 Since we've emerged into the real world, I've had to <laughs> cut off my gross slick back. Yeah. That's where I'm at. All right. I don't. Okay. Now I'm going to do the intro. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very 50th episode of Rethink Everything. I'm Tyler Giannisini, and I'm here today with Jake Gable. Spared no expense. <laughs> and we're here to rethink some of the things that happened during the 12th week of 2022, the week we were so preoccupied with whether or not we could that we didn't stop to think if we should. And we're here with special guest today, Danny Ferris. I will introduce him here at the top because uh, he's here on the video stream for for those of you that are catching us live. And for those of you that didn't, um, you know, I've been telling you where to get the where to see it. So I don't know what I don't know what the problem is at this point. I'm starting to think to it's, tell you. it's not I, me. I it's did you. my part, too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see who's all on here. <laughs> Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is like a checkbox that I never thought I would like check off in the world of Danny Ferris being on a podcast. So this is cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. And well, and we've got millions and millions of viewers. So make sure to be on your best behavior. Yeah, only a little bit here. Thanks for that. Um, so I usually put people in the awkward position of introducing themselves, however they see fit before I introduce them. So if you want to give the people a rundown, of who you are according to how you feel? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, my name's Danny Ferris. Um, I'm a Virgo. Um, I collect action figures and board games and records. And um, I like to get weird. That's really, I think, a nutshell of who I am. <laughs> get weird. Time yeah. to get weird. It's time to get uh, yeah. weird. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give the people my intro of you because... Um, we go back. I, we go back. Yeah, quite we, a way. we've known each other for quite a long time. Um, yeah. So we always went to school together. I was like va always vaguely aware of your family because uh, I, I think it was like PTA meetings or something. We bump, in, yep. bump into you guys from time to time. Yep. Um, but 
Danny's sister, Lindsay, is my first girlfriend. And when when we were dating in high school, uh, I got to know Danny and he actually became like. Like one of the one of the probably the best friends I've ever had. And like at the time where I needed like a big brother figure was was easily that person. And so a lot of why I know great movies and music is is attributed to Danny Ferris. So that's that's who he is in my world. Man, we're just a little over a few minutes into this, and I'm already going to cry. Like that's, <laughs> I, it's really nice. I, I agree. It was, it was always nice, you know, chit chat movies and stuff. That's why I'm like, when you told me about this, I was like, dude, this is perfect. This is just going to be like old times. We talk about movies and weird science stuff, and it's perfect. I know. So yeah, these days when like a year can fly by or two years, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, I haven't caught up with them. What's what's good? Dude. Like. I, thus i don't hear good new music too <laughs> um we'll have to remedy that <laughs> well uh to to give you a bit of uh context for why this is the week we were so preoccupied with whether or not we could that we didn't stop to think if we should <laughs> is uh you you may have seen it in headlines we have sequenced the entirety of the human uh the human genome for the first time and it's like published we, we online. did it we finally did we d- finally did it well, yes I, I i like i remember i was thinking about like this like with dolly like remember i, I thought like <laughs> the sheep were going to be time. such a bigger problem in our lives you know like they're just going to be everywhere and like i thought that happened then but we did it now that's great news just overrun <laughs> with sheep these days yeah <laughs> well uh to to get into uh, some of the, or some, uh, I guess off off this topic, we decided to um, look into genetics, some cloning, uh, some you know uh, how basically the history of the human genome project, and so um, we're gonna we're gonna bring some of those facts to you. I'm gonna let Jake lead because he's smarter and uh, kind of a professional. I yeah you know I was genetics was one one of the one of the things among many I I I didn't specialize in my research but genetics was was a large part of what I did so genomes and genetics scientist himself (laughs) (laughs) genetics and genomes are are uh, yeah yeah are uh, are a topic near and dear to me um, as I I've been in been in the world of of genetics um i more more broadly interested in in broader evolutionary um biology but but a lot of that has to do with genetics so so yeah when we were looking for topics this week i noticed that there were a couple of interesting stories about genomes and genome sequencing so i kind of went off uh went off on that tangent so if we're ready um we'll jump into it Sort of the the first thing jump that we noticed. That pool. <laughs> yeah, jump into that gene pool. Oh, oh, that's, that's what I'm going to bring to this, just to let everyone know. That's the kind of that's great. I'm going to bring. Perfect. So. Dead jokes. Yep, yep. here they come. Hot and heavy. Right. <laughs> so this is <laughs> great. It's great. Uh, this week we, um, or I think, yeah, it was just announced um in in the past week or so um that there is a dodo genome uh being in the works and and near completion and soon to be published it's not published yet but but it's on the it's on the horizon so 
we're gonna we're gonna eventually delve into the the world of cloning. Um, but before we do that, um, if you were to clone something that is extinct, what you'd need to know is their genetic makeup or their their genome, which which is the sequence of of all of um, a creature's genetic makeup. Uh, and so the dodo, this is comes from uh, a report in the Daily Mail, a, a wonderful little magazine from across the pond. But um, uh, yeah, the dodo, which has been extinct since the 17th century, um, with the last confirmed sighting recorded in 1662, is having its genome sequenced. Uh, it was a flightless bird that lived in isolation um, on... Oh, I forget the name of the island. Did I? Anyway, it lived on an island in in Merita, Meritius. I'm probably not saying that right. Meritius Island, um, where they were native. Um, they didn't really have. They kind of lived in isolation. Didn't have predators, and so they were just this kind of silly, flightless bird. So when humans showed up, they didn't know to fear humans, and so humans very easily hunted them to extinction. But. Uh, not all has been lost on the dodo. Researchers recently have been able to pull a good sample of DNA from a dodo specimen in Denmark and sequence its genome. Um, and this work uh, is being led by Professor Beth Shapiro and her team of researchers. So is Dodo Park on the horizon? <laughs> not quite. Um, cloning has been done in other animals, but cloning in birds is still a challenge um, just due to the intricacies of their reproductive system. And so researchers have yet to delve into the world of cloning and we're not de-extinction or, or bringing an extinct animal back to life is an interesting prospect. Um, but, you know, is, is of much scholarly debate. <laughs> uh, even, even as far back as 1993's Jurassic Park um, or, you know, Michael Creighton before that um, with the novel. Uh, you know, it's an interesting idea, but time will tell if the uh, age of Dodo will will rise again. I, I just want to, can I just jump in with questions? Is that cool? Yes. Um, yeah. I, just, I just wanted, like, the size of the tree that the Dodo had to be on when the amber fell over, the like, the tree sap went over the top <laughs> and got stuck in there. It had to be pretty massive, I would imagine. Yeah. Right? Uh, big trees. Yeah. yeah. Huge On tree. that island. A lot, A lot of sap. A lot of sap. Stuck in the sap. We had a lot more sap back then. <laughs> you know, that's true. That was, that was a long time. The trees ago. were 17th sap century sap was robust. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, carry on. No, <laughs> good. If the if the video game arc is is evident of anything, dodos are actually something of a force to be reckoned with. Uh, if you set them, if you set them loose. Uh, the you know to rampage. Honestly, I figured when you said that humans easily extincted the dodos, I figured arcs arcs representation of dodos would be would be pretty perfect. <laughs> the first thing you just murder. Yeah, put up no fight. Um, yeah, so uh, that was that was a bit of, of genome news from this week. But another sort of exciting piece of, of genome news um, that's happened recently is uh, uh, we are now up to 100,000 human genomes published. Uh, and this has been part of a massive genome sequencing project called All of Us. I think it's being carried. Yeah, it's it's being carried out by the National Institute of Health, the NIH, which was um, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, 
headed the the first public um, human genome project. Uh, this project aims to capture genomic data from a much greater source of diversity than has done been done previously. So, so um, I think uh, you know fifty percent of of this of the patients and and donors, um, genetic sequence donors for this project come from underrepresented groups. Um, that uh, you know, um, like the Mormons. Yeah, like Mormons. <laughs> no, there's there's been yeah there's been an issue of of underrepresentation of of certain um, certain groups from around the world or 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 a certain backgrounds in um, the the genome sequencing that we have available. So this is trying to to um, correct that because it's important to get a a, a sample of of the genetic diversity amongst our populations so we can better understand our genetics as a species, but also yeah. better understand how our genetics interplays with disease and, and think about um, genetics and environment, genetics and health sure. and disease. And, and if we don't have everyone properly represented, then we were, were missing, you know, scientists are missing crucial data. Cool. Yeah. Data preservation. It's important. Yeah. And is, it's very important, but there, while, um, this is unprecedented access to information on human genome genomics for U U.S. researchers. Scientists and researchers around the world are disappointed as um, the access is currently is only available for the United States. Um, I think this is due to issues surrounding participants, um, like like there's legal issues with with the patients. You know, this is people's. HIPAA. It's HIPAA stuff. Yeah, kind of like HIPAA stuff. <laughs> people's. These are people's actual yeah. whole genomes yeah. being put out there. So I think there's some legal issues as far as the NHS, the, not the NHS, the NIH. Sorry, um, being able to to make it accessible for everyone. But it's important that it will be made public for everyone. And I think the NIH is working on uh, overcoming those those obstacles. There's so many weird things with med with medicine and privacy where it's like I I understand people wanting the right to their privacy, but like without the right to your privacy around medical things, like just imagine how many more things we could solve and look see trends on a greater on a on a larger scale. There's a lot of time. Or like if I go to the hospital, if I'm traveling abroad and I go to the hospital. Please, for the love of God, just share my medical records. I want them <laughs> yeah. to have ready access to to that information. Yeah. I don't a, need it to be private line, between though, right? medical. A, I know it is. It is because yeah. you know that's what I, mean. I could be blackmailed with the wrong medical issue. I suppose <laughs> if I was in an important position. Totally. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tricky. It's it's both important to to have privacy, but but yeah, it the benefits could outweigh. You know, definitely. It's true. It's true. Anonymized, I guess, would be the way to go about it. Well, yeah, it'd be hard to anonymize for the studies, your genetic makeup. But yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess, you'd have to, you'd want with something like this with the with the genome project, you'd want to know background, and like if they have yeah. any health issues or or family has history of health issues, and just you know, not. Uh, yeah, I don't think people's names are attached to them, but but you know, it's probably. 
yeah, there's just, yeah, interesting well, that's, privacy. That's what I was thinking of. Like, like, it seems like it would be easy to just attach some sort of like random identifier to it and then like have the connections made, even if there is like family kind of connections that they want to like capture. Like, it seems like that wouldn't mm-hmm. be too hard to do. I don't know. No, I, I yeah, there must be a way. They probably do point. have it anonymized in, in to a certain extent, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But given like given the things people find from 23andMe and things like that, it's just like, well, uh, yeah, they can um, run it through there and figure out who you are pretty quick. Well, yeah, yeah. You, that's true. That's very true. You know, they've yeah, you can connect with with even just a, a small sample of of genetic information. You can yes. link people but, to families scare and whatnot. Me. Like like a certain religious, you know, identity that I mentioned earlier, they own most of those, right? Isn't that kind of the, like the- Oh, those companies. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say yeah. the Mormons, right? They own most <laughs> yeah. of it. And like, yeah. that seems weird to me. I don't know what, it's like, why are you so interested in my my uh, DNA, <laughs> you know? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. They've they've got mine. I, I, uh, what, what did, do you what guys did Joseph have any- Smith's magic hat say about that? Wasn't it a magic <laughs> hat? Isn't that what it was? <laughs> magic tablets. Yeah, it was something. Do you guys what? have any fun uh, 23andMe or um, uh, Ancestry stories? Like, mm. oh gosh. <laughs> If none's uh, leaping, I, I don't know if you guys are no, nothing's leaping like out. Like I, like I said, I'm too scared <laughs> to do it. Like I, I did a, I did a. It's not quite as in depth as 23andMe. It was a some something associated with like National Geographic, um, and it just gave some like like where where my ancestry, you know, most of it's from from Europe, a little like. A little bit from North Africa and and whatever. I was surprised. I had lower than average um, um, amount of uh, of Neanderthal, Neanderthal, however you want to say it, um, genome in in uh, yeah. That's that's where the mustache came genome. from, right there. That's <laughs> that strong, the strong genetic mustache. So, uh, so all well, it's like family's dirty laundry, but. At this point, <laughs> <laughs> do tell. Do tell. Um, so via twenty three and me, uh, like I've done it. My sister's done it. My mom's done it. And then my mom started like my mom's obsessed with it, and and she started getting into. All right, now I want to you know get the rest of the family to do it. Well, learn this, learn this fun stuff about our ancestors and stuff. Oh boy! Certain. So, so turns out, two of my uncles. So my mom has three brothers. My goes my mom, one brother, another brother, another brother. Turns out it's my mom and my grandpa, and then my uncle, who's from my grandma, and someone else, and then my again regu- uncle from grandma and grandpa, and then another uncle from another someone else. <laughs> what? Oh boy! After, you know they're finding this out in their fifties. And now they've get it, you know, like, I think my one uncle didn't get a chance to meet his dad before his dad was like, you know, essentially out of it with uh, dementia, you know, so they couldn't make a meaningful connection. It's just like this. Yeah. And, and if the number of, st- I, um, another family friend found out like that their dad was not their dad. It's like, you yeah. hear, you see these stories yep. all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. I've, <laughs> like, I've read ooh, some like juicy goss. 
I read a story about like a, a family that all like opened up some like 23 and me gifts for like Christmas or something. And the mom like freaked out and like didn't know what was happening and like ran around and like, you know, ended up getting drunk by the end of the night. And everyone was like, what's going on with mom? And then, well, they found out <laughs> it was some, you know, some happenings were going on years ago. 23 and me. I say, don't go digging in the past. All you get is dirty. 23 and a bunch of other people. Yeah, yeah it was 23 and me, 23 yeah. and that guy that lived down the, the street, milk. 23 and the milkman. The milkman. The milkman. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Sorry, sorry. But that's what right. I mean by fun 23 and me stories. There's, yeah, there's no, more to it than just them capturing yep. your DNA. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing that juicy in, in my lineage. Oh. Yeah, you know, I was talking about that the NIH is trying to open up their their hundred thousand genomes. Oh, they're they're on a projected goal to get a million human genomes um, sequenced by like by I think it's twenty twenty six. Is it twenty twenty six? Anyway, in a few years, they're they're trying to expand up up to one million human genomes available. But it's important to make these public, um, as I sort of talk about with the with the history of the human the first human genome um, sequenced. Uh, the human genome was almost privatized, um, but fortunately, uh, it did not end up going that way. So the who, the who human genome privatize it. A different company. So there was a genomics company that that they ended up in a race with with the public um, human genome project, uh, and and they were in a race to to publish the first human genome and the and if. If the if the NIH Human Genome Project didn't didn't get theirs out first, there were all these patents um, oh, that this company was going to put, and they were they were they were saying they were going to restrict the access that you were going to have to pay to have access to this human genome. Um, it sounds like a, like a Hulu original in the making, you know, like a yeah. series just waiting to be told. That's a, I think, I think it would make an interesting, I think it would make an interesting story. I, I yeah. found it very interesting to, to hear about it when I heard about it for the first time. So, yeah. you know, the, a love story. Yeah. <laughs> the, the human genome project starts, um, the project itself got started in 1990, but it's it's been in the making since the you know the first um, scientists started studying um, inherited traits, the likes of Gregory Mendel and other biologists of the 1800s. And then yeah. in 1953, little pea pods. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, and the and the your your Punnett squares are yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Little wise, are, big wise, you know. Yep, we all yep. remember doing that in yep in biology. Um, <laughs> in 1953, um, you had the the discovery or or yeah, I guess we'll call it discovery of the three dimensional structure of DNA by Watson Watson and Crick, who importantly were working off the historically overlooked data produced by Rosalind Franklin and Maurice Wilkins um, and their crystallography. Uh, data who often don't get mentioned, but are I think just as important to mention the as un- Watson and Crick, unsung heroes. Um, and then it took a while to figure out DNA sequencing once we knew what it was. Um, and but by the seventies, we we had the first forms of DNA se- gene sequencing and DNA sequencing 
Now, at first, we could only sequence, scientists could only sequence, I say we because I was once upon a time a scientist. Um, scientists could only sequence sections, um, small portions of, of DNA, maybe hundreds to thousands of base, pair, base pairs long um, of you know these nucleotides, uh, A, T, G, and C, um, that make up DNA and make up the sequence. Um, so the idea of of trying to map the human genome, which is six million, six billion nucleic acids long, or base pairs, um, as as they're often referred to, six billion base pairs long. This genetic sequence of of six billion characters, doing it in these small chunks where you had to find overlaps between these small pieces that you sequenced and and build it like a puzzle was a very daunting task and and but by the late 80s they were thinking you know we should get together and do this and so in 1990 the NIH started the human genome project um, which took scientists all around the world from 20 different universities and research centers and it remains today the the largest biology collaborative project that there's ever been um and it took them 13 years to publish their sort of full draft and in 2003 they sort of had what what was deemed the complete first human genome but they published their first draft in 2001 and we'll get to why they that was published early um in a minute so it took 13 years and three billion dollars to pull off this massive crazy project and it actually was done two years ahead of schedule but that's because in 1998 a private company solera 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 Genomics, sorry, um, which had the advantage of using some more updated sequencing techniques, um, entered the race to sequence and publish the first human genome. And the private biotech company was aiming um, to patent previously unsequenced genes and then charge money um, to scientists and researchers to use the genome sequence and data that they generated from their project. Um, bastards. Yeah. So in 2000, it became clear that both projects were, were nearing, um, were nearing completion. Uh, and, and it was this race sort of, interestingly became this idea of a race between private, (laughs) private data and public data. Um, and even it, it, even president Bill Clinton and prime minister, Tony Blair had to make public statements urging for human this human genome sequencing uh to remain public um and that announcement actually caused solara's uh stock to drop drastically the next day and the company <laughs> lost a ton of money because of it but anyway they both ended up publishing their first drafts in february of 2001 um due to this pressure of trying to get theirs out first unfortunately because uh the NIH was able to to get their draft out at the same time. Um, the Solera Genomics was unable to to privatize um, the human genome and and uh, keep it from from being just a publicly available resource um, for researchers all over the world. So the first one took thirteen years to make, and less than twenty years later, we have over a hundred thousand human genomes sequenced with many other animals and plants and organisms um, with their own published and public genomes available. And we're, we're, you know, aiming to, to have a million 
um, in a few more years. And the reason we've been able to do all of this um, is, is as time has gone on since then, fortunately, the technology has advanced and, and it's been um, exponentially cheaper and easier to, to do this sequencing. And it is not the, you can do it with a small team of researchers in just a couple of years rather than um, a huge team of researchers over, you know, over a decade. So uh, the world of genome sequencing is, is um, continues to, 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 you know, forge forward um, at, at an impressive rate, frankly. The, but that, that private versus public thing is so frequently just like it just does not need to be a way to make money. Not everything has no, to be a way to no. make money. Yep. <laughs> no, everything you have to you have to make money on everything. The other funny the other funny thing about the private versus public. So in those first human genome projects, the the public human genome project um, was got its DNA from anonymous donors, just just various pa patients across the U.S. who who you know al allowed for their DNA, but no one knew. You, you know, I think they would give say yes, I give permission for my DNA to be used for this project, but no one knew whether or not their DNA was actually used, and the researchers didn't know whose DNA they were using. But with the private company, the most of the, like like one of the biggest sources of DNA was the head head guy Craig Venter, the head researcher on the project uses his own DNA, um, which I also think is is kind of a funny funny difference between between the two projects. And that also happened with the first dog genome. There there ended up being a race to publish the first dog genome. There was a public public project that was at a, in a race against the private project. And the public project, you know, took samples from all these different dogs. And the private one was just the head dude's dog. Uh, <laughs> used his own dog for it. I, I can't believe I'm about to like defend capitalism here, but do you feel like the <laughs> private versus public um, might gain some like momentum though in like these kind of projects? Obviously it's kind of a, you know, it's a, a, a space race in a way, right? Or, or, you know, is that kind of a, an unseen? I guess, or, or I guess it, boom? it has, it pushed, it probably pushed the project to, yeah. to, to happen faster. Um, it, yeah, because they were they were originally trying to trying to do this in f fifteen years, but they but they did it in thirteen, and and that's probably due to this pressure that they that yeah. they felt to get to get it out first, for better or for worse. I don't see. See, to me, it's it's an interesting question because because having been in academia and and been a scientist, there's this idea that that as a scientist you kind of sacrifice some of like. If you're going to be like hotshot scientist or whatever, you're going to be a grad student and then you get a PhD, you go on and do a postdoc and then you try to go on and be a professor and do your own lab. It's just expected that you sacrifice a large portion of your life and you work way more than a full time yeah. hours. Yeah. And it's just this idea that science, you can't wait. Science can't wait. And you've got yeah. to make these sacrifices because it needs to happen. And so it's like in, it's inherent in it. It is inherent in it, and it's it's. I don't. It's not very healthy. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it's not very healthy for us as human beings. It yeah. is good in that it 
pushes advancement and, and we get scientific advancements at a faster rate. But I'm also like, sometimes I think, would it be so bad if we just like said science is going to move a little slower? We're all just going to be happier individuals and science is going to move a little slower. I don't know. I don't know if that's better so or worse. We're on vacation, everybody. We're taking the vacation so with it. Bring us scientists some of your capitalism and we'll hire more scientists. <laughs> How about that? Say but, ye, yeah, say ye. This is hard to picture the, like what the, I guess it, you're just selling information, right? Like, so if there's a, what's the final product of, of sequencing the human gen- genome, there's not like an obvious, like, uh, and then what? we'll be able to change your eye color if you want. Yeah. Like there's yeah, not that's, a, that, yeah. That was like a question of mine. I'm you know, there's, I think there's the obvious, you know, like medical, like health benefits of understanding, you know, the human genome. Um, but are you aware, Jake, of any like kind of out of the box or interesting, like kind of forecasts of what this is going to bring? Mm. Um, a lot of this is usually, you know, folks are thinking about metal, you know, trying to understand, sure, understand sure. disease and all of that. And, and, um, and, and medical applications of, yeah. of how, how our genetics determines whether or not, you know, yeah. Certain things are going to be issues, but but uh, I mean, gene therapies and 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 yeah, gene and like folks are pri- usually private companies are trying to work on um, um, ways of using our, our genetics to yeah. either come up with with um, e- e- uh, therapies for for diseases um, I was I was hoping you were going to say Gattaca. That's where I Gattaca. was really hoping this is where it was going to go. I, but, I you think know. that you know I imagine that there are there's <laughs> yeah. legal like like there's a lot of legal barriers before you would have uh, 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 genetic engineering in humans. <laughs> yeah, but I think technologies like CRISPR and 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 these other technologies that that are approaching you know we have gene engineering technology. And I, I don't know if there's anyone out there who's who's trying to drive the the gene engineering in humans, but but probably. I mean, at first there's, it's going to at yeah. least in a medical. Yeah, you know, there's somebody on an island somewhere that's in a layer <laughs> that's really just fucking trying oh, to dial that, this in. Has just, that uh, yeah. Epstein money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just you know, licking their chops here in this news. You know, that's oh, going to yeah. happen. Yeah, Doctor Moreau. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Starts with the animals. That's you know where it always it always begins. <laughs> God, that movie's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. the, uh, yeah, the ability to modify. There's this. I I never did like. There's to me, I can't understand controversy at all around like. Okay, if you knew that you were you you had you were gonna have a child and you could alter the DNA. And yeah. make, like alleviate them, allevi- alleviate them of a health condition. Totally, like, I see no qualms with that. Like I <laughs> yeah, really don't. I know, like I, know. I, I think obviously it gets in the, the area of like you know if people abuse that or don't use it for you know for other like means. Yeah. There's some maybe gray area and questionable well, I, stuff with it. But yeah, I will. I will add the the. It's hard to know when you go in and change a gene. Even if it seems to do, it's going to be a good thing if there's an unattended consequence and and you end up doing something, you end up causing some other problem that it's like like the 
our, our, our bodies are such complicated systems that, that making sure there aren't any unintended consequences yeah. is, is, is the tricky part. It's the challenge. It'd be okay part as long as it was humorous. You know, if there's that's some humorous <laughs> consequences, that's what I'm, you know, let's see. Like you have a tiny little third arm. It doesn't, yeah, right. doesn't affect <laughs> you in any way. It's just there. It can, hold, it can hold a light grocery bag and, you know, it's quite handy actually. Like, yeah. That, that guy's yeah, got I, feather eyebrows. Yeah, I would take that. <laughs> because, because his parents didn't want him to have a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his eyebrows are feathers. Like, see, uh, I, 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 my brain goes to like, like, you know, I think God, if, if this is a design, if, if this body's a design, what a, what a poor, poor design, right? Like I would like throw a couple of new holes on here. I'd be like just one hole to breathe out of one to talk, one to eat. And you could just, you know, keep it like, cleaner. Some, it's cleaner. You never choke. You could talk while you're eating and not be rude. Like there's so many benefits to this. Yeah. You know, can we get rid of these? I'm tired of cutting them. <laughs> growth of that. Uh, maybe we, I just, after that comment, I realized maybe I need to be on an island in a lair like I feel like that <laughs> idea right there is kind of bordering that oh, boy my life the three map system it's, yes. it's better I don't know why I want anyone to listen to me I mean it's, it's so much not better a billionaire right this is three centrity, but four anuses <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, well, that's, I forgot about the multiple anus you gotta have at least four anuses to make that worthwhile <laughs> oh boy where do we go weird from there shit. yeah <laughs> Okay, I, I, I've got. Wait, Jake, were you? Are you? That's, are you fresh out of facts? Can, yep, that's that, my. That's fascinating. I like that. That's my genome knowledge uh, that that I wanted to to share today. Well, I I have brought some knowledge myself. It's significantly uh, less uh, knowledgeable. Knowledge. <laughs> uh, my knowledge comes from a place of less knowledge. It's, it's a minor say. knowledge. A minor knowledge. <laughs> so, so I figured I'd bring along some uh, fun facts about cloning. So um, I was say, guess the year of the first clone. Ooh. Oh, I, I forgot you were going to ask this. Well, are we talking? The first cloned like, what, what, animal, like not like a cell. Animal? Okay. They have okay. no plants. No cell. No, yeah. Okay. Functional animal. Like Functional animal. 62. Ooh. That's I'll go, just, that's I'll just go 1980. 62. Off by a decade. A tadpole in 1952. 52. Wow. Could you believe Jeez. it? Seven years was... after, after the end of World War II. That's crazy to think about. Um, yeah. Robert Briggs and Thomas J. King successfully cloned northern leopard frogs, uh, 35 complete embryos and 27 tadpoles from 104 successful nuclear transfers, which wow. is pretty wild, right? Like that's that's way wild. <laughs> you, you know, we first start you even sci fi isn't really like talking too much about cloning, you know, for a while yet. It doesn't become mm -hmm. a cultural fascination. The yeah. second and Danny, you're only off by a year. Well, I, it's, I guess it's technically not the second because maybe there's more tadpoles there. But the next uh, larger animal um, is a carp in 1963 in China. Um, uh, embryologist Tong Dijou produced the world's first cloned fish by inserting DNA from cell of a male carp into an egg from a female carp. Um And then the next, the next major leap forward, everybody knows. It's what the '90s with Dolly, right? Dolly, yep. Mm -hmm. No, that was oh, 
No, <laughs> there's there's between a carp and a sheep. Oh, what is there? What's that's oh, an interesting okay, choice no. of animal. Like why? I wonder what the carp possesses genetically that was desirable for that. Right, right. I wonder it's, if it, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's it's like what basically I think what they're doing is just taking all the genetic material from one animal, shoving it in an embryo, and hoping that it grows up to be an, to be an animal that has the same. You're DNA. saying there's probably like a hundred different animals, and that was just the one that took. And yeah, it was like, oh, there were okay, probably the lots won. of animals that this didn't work yeah. in. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the sheep, it is. It is actually the mid '90s for for the sheep, but it seems as though I can't. I can't tell. It's not clear from what I'm reading, but the first mammal was actually cloned in 1984 from early emb- embryonic cells. But I'm not seeing if that was just part of the larger Dolly project and it just wasn't a healthy, full mm. creature until Dolly. Um, and I'm not positive. Uh, but the yeah. next, then, next exciting one, we're working our way towards humans, right? Macaque yeah, monkey in 2017, the first cloning of a primate species using nuclear transfer. I remember hearing about two that. Two live clones named Zhang Zhang and Hua Hua. Uh, conducted in China in 2017 and reported in 2018. Um, so there was reports since since there's two of them, but that uh, maybe from the maybe from the original batch there were five and two survived, but five identical cloned gene edited monkeys using the same. Uh, oh, okay, this is a second batch actually. Uh, so from the same batch. Oh yeah, yeah. in um, 2019. Then, then. Yeah. yeah, I see. And that is gene edited. So that is kind of the stuff we're talking about. We're starting to get into like, okay, we've identified maybe a problem. Can we fix it? Yeah, that's interesting. I want to see the bad batches. I want to see what they look like. You know, the ones that came out just (laughs) show me some nasty bad clones. Yeah, just give me some real (laughs) fucking weird. Yeah. It'd be a whole disgusting supposed to be a monkey. It looks like a, you know, hippopotamus <laughs> well, with an like arm. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Um, so then I looked, I was like, but of course we can't do, we can't clone humans because of course that's illegal, right? Yeah. So then I looked into, all right, is it is it illegal to clone humans? Apparently in the US, it's not actually illegal yet. Um. So in 98, 2001, 2004, 2005, 2007, and 2009, uh, the the U.S. Congress voted whether to ban all human cloning, both reproductive and therapeutic. Um, And uh, it it was either, uh, it was vetoes from President Bush that stopped anything from Mm. finally getting through. So... Uh, like a even bill was introduced. Cloning. Hey, hey, look, look, look! You can't let the liberals take away my right to somehow yeah. maybe profit off of this down the line when we figure <laughs> totally. it out. All right, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, that I liberal who, agenda. Who funded these votes? There's somebody behind all that, you know. Uh, there was there was a proposal f- that would prevent federal funding from being used for human cloning, but uh, it did not wind up being passed um we don't so there are no current federal laws in the u.s which ban cloning completely but 15 u.s states arkansas california connecticut florida georgia iowa indiana massachusetts maryland michigan north dakota new jersey rhode island south dakota and virginia have banned reproductive clothing or cloning 
Reproductive clothing. clothing. That's a whole other interesting <laughs> topic right oh, there. Oh, boy. Is something that says <laughs> leather daddy? <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. In um, uh, three states, Arizona, Maryland, and Missouri, prohibit the use of public funds for such activities. Wow. Um, I'm not surprised there are, in those states. I think the United Nations has, has banned it, but it's a non it's a it's a non-enforceable or something. It's just like we've all agreed not to do this. But it's if you do, there will be no punishments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just so. a strong discouragement. <laughs> Cloning is yeah. on the menu still. Yeah. Remains on the menu in the US. Um, that's that's good to know, I guess. I don't know. And on that note, did you that's know crazy. you can currently clone your cat, dog, or horse? And I've got I pricing. Not know that. Yeah, what's oh, oh, yeah, what's what's the cost? Let's, what's um, this I'm gonna start run? saving now. What's so, yeah, what is it? If you want an exact genetic clone of your cat, you can get one for three thirty-five thousand dollars. Wow, All right. that's a that's a sticker prat. a little sticker shock there. You know, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a high prey. I was not thinking that much. Your dog has a longer, more complicated uh, embryonic growth period. So. Yeah. That's going to cost $50,000. And for a horse, we're looking at $85,000. I mean, if you think about, though, like some sort of like purebred racing, you know, like that seems like not a bad price tag for somebody to be like, well, we're going to, you know, bring for those people to make money. back to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Uh, Santa's little helpers come. come <laughs> I earned uh, so much money, but do you feel like, oh man, like if you did that with your pet, I just feel like it would like yeah. it would like sit in the corner of the room and look at you weird, and you just yeah, be like, like something's off with this. Just doesn't work quite yeah. right. Like it's, it's you know, are, do they guarantee a hundred percent functionality, or is it like you know they might have a goofy <laughs> eye, or it might have you know like like. You know, there's got to be some sort of disclaimer or, or like, I think it you said know, my name. Margin, margin of error on this, right? I wonder what that is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's talking to me. In, <laughs> it was Italian. Jake. I don't remember a little, you know. I need fed. Yeah. <laughs> little fuzzy what? no in Italian Help back in the day. Help me, Jake. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> End my misery. <laughs> oh. Um, I did. I didn't look up their. Uh, I didn't find their like uh, warnings, but I did find that they have on their website. Like, if your dog just got hit by a car, you can go here. They have a tab that's just like emergency pets protocol, and it explicitly Whoa. tells you how to how to quickly uh, pack them out a sample so that you can like spur yeah, the moment. Hey, where's I, the grieving I, I period? Where's the grieving in it. that? Yeah. Oh, this is you're, this you're is totally skipping that whole grieving mourning period. Yeah. You're going right to, you know. That's it's an weird. interesting comment here in the in the chat that I guess there's a storage fee of sixteen hundred bucks for the DNA to be preserved, and of those who have like sent in the DNA to be preserved, only ten percent have actually gone through with the with the cloning uh, hmm. cloning of their animals. Is that just because the animals haven't died yet? Oh, that, that could be. I, I think I think when it gets to when it gets yeah. to ah uh, fifty thousand dollars for fluffers yeah. or sixteen hundred dollar loss. Uh, yeah, yeah, or or, uh, or 
150 bucks for Fluffers 2. When, when did this in company a, begin? In a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, when did this company begin? Biogen. If it's relatively new, that would make, make yeah, sense. Yeah, that would. <laughs> Let's see. I can find when they start. Oh, here we go. Launched in 2016. So not that old. So it is new. That's probably okay. it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a, that is a hefty price tag to, you know. Yeah, or people, yeah, people banking on, okay, I'm going to spend the 1600 bucks. Yeah. I can afford that. Let's see how people, what the reviews are of the people who actually yeah. go through well, with the service. Around, around like 2030 or so, we're going to just see a huge, like, upspike of, like, clone dogs on the scene, you know? There's going to be just a bunch of them, right? Oh, is that one cloned from Old Yeller? The remake yeah. of Old Yeller? <laughs> yes, it's the exact same model. It is the one. <laughs> Benji, is that Benji 2.0? It's Benji 2.0. Wonderful. All right. Well, uh, so from there, I just got one more set of fun facts. Yeah, let's bring, uh, and it's bring it on. It's something we all know and love. It's trivia from the movie Jurassic Park from yes, 1993. All right. Clever 1993 Steven Spielberg oh. classic. How Hold can on you talk about butts. clones without yep. without resisting the te- uh, without the temptation? God, uh, and I just watched this, so I I better be like on my <laughs> game here. Okay, okay. Yeah. Did you notice that uh, shortly after Nedry's first appearance in the control room during mm-hmm. his argument with Hammond, you can actually yeah. see the movie Jaws playing in a small video window on one of his computer screens? That was not noticed. No. I've watched the movie a million times. Never yeah. knew. I can't say I saw it. He, has, he also has a picture of uh, Robert J. Oppenheimer, I think. Oh, Ooh. really? I haven't Which, noticed uh, that. J. Robert Oppenheimer? What is it? Um, Anyhow, uh, my my first fun fact that I discovered actually was that uh, the that they when they were filming with the animatronic T Rex in the rain, uh, the T Rex was not supposed to get wet, and so the rain actually would make it malfunction, and so people like they would be stop shooting and like go take break and start eating lunch, and then the like gigantic animatronic t-rex would start, <laughs> come, come back and start coming to life and, and, and like freaking people out in the like rain sped up too to like catch up where you know <laughs> shooting at night in the rain and the thing is freaking out <laughs> oh. sounds uh, terrifying uh another one i didn't actually well, mark down but that, i that think was, this was the first movie that like you CGI, right? Like Jurassic Park was the, like, at least to the extent that it was used in the film. Like, I think it had yeah. been used very, you know, and it still minimally, works, which is crazy. It, yeah. it still looks like you can, it definitely is aged in, in a few of the shots, but for the most part, like it's, it looks really good for being 93. Like there were definitely movies that mm-hmm. came out decades later that don't look yeah. as good as yeah. it yeah. does. It's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, it's yeah. It, well, they're they're noting that basically anytime you're not anytime you're not seeing the full body of the dinosaur, it's an animatronic. So mm-hmm. something I didn't realize was gotcha. that even that scene where they're chasing, like the jeep is driving, you know, fifty miles an hour, and the and the T Rex is coming after them, that's filmed with a fifty mile an hour animatronic T Rex <laughs> like, behind them, which is crazy. That's impressive, uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like oh why i wouldn't have, i would have just tried the computer those shots don't even make it clear that it's an animatronic behind them no. which is more of a bummer um but uh, the t-rex's roar was supposedly um oh yeah uh, who plays alan grant 
Sam Neill. Um, Sam, Sam Neill yes. found it difficult to uh, pretend to be scared sometimes during when the T-Rex would, would roar because they didn't have a sound effect and Spielberg would just, just try to do his own impression his of own a T-Rex roaring into a bullhorn, <laughs> which sounded more funny than it was. Just, he said it was more challenging not to laugh than anything. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I had no um, idea. These are fun factoids. The actual roars were a combination of dog, penguin, tiger, alligator, and elephant sounds. I thought there was a high tension wire involved. I thought I remember seeing like a, a making of and somebody was like hitting a high tension wire to like make that like ping sound that kind of. Well, that sound happens when those cables split for sure. No, yeah. I, uh, that may I mean, have been, they may have been part of the same. Sorry, the same. My, I know that my, it was like a big soup they made of all these sound effects mm, to create. My, my post COVID brain might be, uh, you know, failing me here, but I, I feel, I feel like pre COVID, I remember watching a documentary or something on the making of, and that was like the sound guy went over and did like all these weird sounds specifically <laughs> for the T-Rex roar, but I don't know. It could easily be because I, yeah. uh, because these are just facts pulled off of IMDb. Oh, gotcha. Just so everyone, if anyone wants to see where I get my trivia from, it's user submitted, trust so rate. it could 80% be. 80% trust rate. Yeah. Um, Questionable. So there's never actually an explanation for what's going on with the Triceratops. And people may, people may, uh, like usually it's assumed that it's something to do with the lysine deficiency, which is like casually mentioned once in the movie and is, yeah. and is an important part of the book. However, uh, the actual explanation is that the animal was eating West Indian lilac. They were not digesting them because they were treating them like these weird gizzard stones. They would swallow rocks. The rocks would be in their stomach and help them digest, and then they'd throw them up. And so there was no evidence of West Indian lilac in the feces because they were using the, I think, the seeds or whatever as these digestive stones. So that's the explanation for why the animal was sick and why there was none in the poop. That's a really interesting idea. It's really weird that they have this, like, it's a cool idea, but it's weird that it's completely left out of the film and they're saying, no, that's what it was. It's this complicated thing that we did not address. So you just have to know it. That sounds so like a Michael, it sounds like a Michael Crichton thing that he would have included in the book. I don't. I, I read the book oh, years yeah, ago. Yeah. I was like twelve or something Could've when I read been. it, so it might have been in there. I don't remember it, but that totally sounds like something that Michael Crichton would write into the book, mm-hmm. and they probably just didn't, you know, didn't it, it, flesh it out in the film. It is from his original novel and screenplay. So okay, um, okay. And and the interesting thing is, or an interesting thing is, Crichton was actually not had not written the book had had not written the book by the time that the rights were bought to it. And by the time they were in pre-production. So gotcha. he was still actively writing the novel as they were already working on the movie, just because they knew that they, the idea was Dang. so good. Mm. Um, the poop was the big pile of poop. That's a big, pile actually of smelled shit. great. It was, <laughs> uh, it was clay and dirt and straw covered with honey and guava. Oh, to get flies to Yeah. The sound of the T Rex's footsteps was created by cut sequoias crashing to the ground. Oh, interesting. It is. 
It's um, weird that they're using when, like a singular noise like that. I feel like you know uh, it might yeah. be mixed. Yeah, it's like usually like five or six different things. Yeah, they're just they're just <laughs> noting that that yeah cuts yeah. noise. But it would be it would be interesting if they just went with the wine. Um, during the Jello eating scene, you know when Lex's like arm starts to shake. Yeah. There are crew members off screen shaking her arm. And that's why it's shaking so violently because they didn't feel like she could convincingly do it. Um, let's see. Oh, here's another one with a super deep explanation for something that like just seems like whatever in the movie. So people are like, oh, isn't that convenient that the freezer is just open and Tim can run in and it's got a slippery floor and, and like why, why it's perfectly set up for him to get away from a velociraptor. Well, actually haters shut your mouths because it may seem convenient, but it makes perfect sense and shows considerable attention to detail. Since the power had been cut off the night before the freezer would slowly Mm. start to defrost. John Hammond knew this and is why he can be seen eating ice cream during his conversation with Ellie Sattler as he knew it would spoil otherwise. He probably left the freezer door wide open, and since there was no power anyway, the uh, the ice in the freezer melted down onto the floor. Then Sattler turns the power back on. The puddles on the floor begin freezing again, and you've got a perfect Velociraptor trap. <sighs> Look at that. that makes sense. So just for everybody who's watching movies and you go, why was that like that? It is a f- matter of fact that not literally every moment of every character's life is shown on screen. That's, Sometimes you just got to accept that there's a different explanation. Yeah. Suspend that no, disbelief. I, That's a good reminder. I, I mean, that one, that one actually makes sense as, as like a purposeful thing because they do yeah. show you that they're eating ice cream, which mm-hmm, you think yeah. when you're watching it, like, oh, what a, what a clever detail. The power's yeah. gone out. The ice cream's yep. going to melt. So they're, they dumped out all this ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Very well thought out. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a couple more here. Uh, One is Dr. Malcolm's quip that Sattler and Grant's jobs are going to are going to go extinct Mm -hmm. is based on a quote from the puppeteer Phil Tippett, who was uh, he was working on claymation versions or uh, they call it gomation. It had some trade name, Um, but he was working on that when they tried the computers and found that that was going to be what they ultimately went with for the, for the bigger special effects shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said, so he said that about his own job and Spielberg liked it and put it in the movie. That's funny. Um, And my last fun fact is the cost. uh, This, I think this information comes from 2015, but the approximate cost of a real world Jurassic park is 1.5 1.5 billion. Oh no no no! Sorry sorry. Uh th- no, this is 23 billion. 1.5 billion for the park. 10 billion to purchase an island off the coast. Uh, after the coast off the coast of Costa Rica with approximately 66 square miles. Um, <laughs> Eight million dollars for research and legal. I think that's maybe a little bit short sighted. I think we need a lot yeah. more legal and a lot more <laughs> research. Nine million for harvesting dinosaur DNA. Eight point five million for overhead to clone dinosaurs from the DNA. Eleven billion a year for employee payroll and operations. Two hundred million a year for dinosaur food budget. So that seems low too. Yeah, Dang. yeah. There's a questionable, but I was glad somebody did the math out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where are they getting those numbers from? I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Well, that was interesting. On that. Find a cost for like what it would cost. Like, you know, we're looking at the dog, cat. What would it cost to clone a human? The only number I've seen of any reputation was from Forbes and in 2001 they were like 1.7 million mm. I gotta assume it's both gotten cheaper and more expensive at the same time since then <laughs> yeah um but in any case 1.7 didn't sound that steep it seems doable All for the considered. people that would be interested in <laughs> yeah, the only preserving people their who blood could be know, cloning themselves in, in yeah. the first place yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> okay uh okay so actually what I'm going to do here, I'm going to flip our last two sections. Generally, we talk about movies and uh, so that the people who don't care about games uh, get off the hook by the time the end, the end of the episode comes and they can just see their way out. Because our movie is spoilerific, I'm going to save that for last so that mm-hmm. if anybody doesn't want to hear about it, they can walk out. It's kind um, of you. But our, uh, as for our games section, um, Danny, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Jake some about some games things, but then we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the video games we've been playing lately. Uh, But then I'm going to ask you for some, uh, for some board game recs. Some board games. I'd be delighted to. board game master. Miguel. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. And and I've actually, I've been playing some video games lately. I, I, I oh no, hit me play, with that. I know. I'm not going to ask Jake really anymore. Play modern, <laughs> I don't really play modern games. So no, no, let's let, we'll let Jake go and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll follow up. So what's been, so what, Jake, what, what Jake's buttons have you been smashing, Jake? Gaming news. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, bit, I've, tell. I've, uh, well, yeah, just, I've, I've, I've been able to, to join the realm of next, next generation gaming. Finally. What? So that world get? has been open to me. The Series X. Nice. Uh, the Xbox. Like, uh, Tyler and John have always gone with the Xbox. So that's the, uh, they yeah. got me on board a long time ago. With, uh, it wasn't really viable for online gaming with your friends for like the first five or six years of playing multiplayer. Like Sony really lagged on the multiplayer. Yeah, they did system and so it just wound up yeah i liked i liked the way back way back the playstation 2 was like one of my favorite consoles i i I really liked it but but yeah once once i saw that i could play games with you guys with the 360 then then since then it's it was like well i'll stick with xbox and i know sony has playstation has their own version of yeah they're of that stuff now but whatever um so yeah i guess we haven't really been playing too much new other than we did well let's see we played a little stardew valley uh Mm -hmm. got a little a small taste of that um and uh uh just the other day got our first little taste of crusader kings (laughs) 3 which uh didn't that just come out yes well it just came out for like anticipated for a while right uh yeah it's it's a it's been on pc for a couple of years but the console version just just released and gotcha. uh it's like it it and stellaris which we've also oh, you know man, played yeah. a fair amount of um are very they feel like board games almost <laughs> like they're very just here's your world you know like there's all these different rules and you get a little bit of graphical representation but you're mostly like just playing with menus um, Interesting. but that's that's uh, i've been playing a lot of that in the past few days <laughs> Um, but it's just like 
Do you know Crusader Kings, Danny? I, I just know, like, I heard some buzz about it. I haven't, like, seen anything about it. I don't even know, like, what type of game other than maybe kind of like a Civ type game, but you're like... It's a little bit like that, but way okay, drier. Okay. You, way drier and <laughs> way also dry. way not way not drier okay. in some ways because there's a lot of, like, you role play as the head of, head of your little realm and then yeah. you might have vassals underneath you and you have your, like, your family and then you arrange marriages. You can, like, plan to... <laughs> say you're third in line for your neighboring county, you can try to murder off the next two in line so that you'll be the one to inherit that county. Um, you can, you can uh, like marry off your children to gain power. Um, it's just like this weird, you role play as like this, uh, like a Game of Thrones head of <laughs> head of a castle, and then you do shady Game of Thrones stuff to keep maintain your power. It's 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 really good. It's, it's yeah, pretty funny. It makes for some nice silliness. Very difficult to learn. Very difficult yeah. to learn the big learning curve. <laughs> it's a big learning curve, but yeah. but there's some funny stuff. Even even in our in our like John, John, at least John and I had no idea what we were doing, but, but in our first gameplay, we had some pretty funny stuff happen. Some pretty salacious affairs and, and drama. They're trying to make babies. They're trying to make babies with each other. You and John? True. Were it's true. We, we got, yeah, we got married. We, we couldn't marry each other. So, so John and I each, each separately married, married other other life, folks and uh, then had an affair finds a way you know <laughs> uh, here's the question can you clone in it though can you do any cloning uh, no no no, no. We're you a don't few, get that few hundred years away yeah. yeah okay i wasn't sure if it was one of those that like you know progressed to the point where you're like you know on mars eventually with you know no. all of it it's, yeah, okay. it's very obsessed with <laughs> just medieval. the politics of yeah. medieval yeah yeah like 800 <laughs> 800s to 11 1200s Hence the name, hence the name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I'm, now I'll ask what, what you've been playing. Well, if my for like years, my like video gaming history was like, or like attention was, um, I love arcade games. Do you remember the mm. arcade cabinet yes. that I built? Yeah, yeah. and like, Glorious. I feel... Like, I wish I had the attention span and the time to dedicate to like sitting down and putting you know hundreds of hours into a game it's just just not in my my realm and so like mm -hmm. a arcade game is perfect because you can play for like 20 minutes sometimes you even beat an arcade game in 20 minutes you know it was, uh mm -hmm. was a golden golden axe or whatever it was you know it was like a 25 minute <laughs> game it's just you were you were kind of restricted based on the limit of you know how many quarters you had when you're at the arcade itself but when you had like an emulator like i had you could bust it out and 25 minutes later you're you're winning the game kind of thing so that was always like my my flavor for the last however many years and then i got a switch and the kids are like you know i've got two kids and they're all really into like minecraft and so mm -hmm. charlie my my youngest he's nine he's like just a freaking genius with like he knows every little combo and like it blows my mind i'm like if you can retain this kind of level of knowledge and like apply it to something like you know where you can capitalize on this holy cow you're gonna do you know you're gonna do grand <laughs> out in the real world son um but he's been teaching me he's been like showing me minecraft so i've been doing a bunch of minecraft stuff it's all still really new to me i get stuck in the creepers blow up blow me up all the time it's just that's where i'm at with it but recently i started to play elden ring i'm two hours in to oh, 
Elden Ring and my mind is blown. Well, mm. first, first off, I heard it was a Miyazaki game and I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like kind of like Ponyo Totoro kind of thing. And then like, that just shows where I'm at in the modern gaming world. It was like, oh, this is not that Miyazaki. <laughs> like somebody totally different. And just incredible, incredible, like design, the bosses, the world, like, you know, the classes you can choose, like everything about it is just incredibly beautiful and detailed. And, um, I've only got two hours in and I'm like hooked. I can't I've wait heard, to keep playing. I've heard really, really good things about it. I'm scared because they call it like a souls like, which apparently souls games are very hard. I've never I actually played one. Properly. It's in that world. I, th- yeah. I think it's, it's from that, that same world. So it yeah. makes me want to go back and, you know, play the first one. I've heard it's insanely hard, which kind of turns me off to most games. It's like, yeah, I'm a very casual gamer. I, mm-hmm. I want to just kind yeah. of, you know, roller coast through a, a game. I don't mind that, but yeah. I'm the same um, way. So yeah. I'll have to jump yeah, back was- to, uh, uh, take us back to Minecraft. We got to, uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to try to plan some time to try some Minecraft at some point because, yeah. um, Minecraft bedrock is like, you can, uh, can you play from? I wonder. I, if I the don't play PlayStation One on the Switch. I uh, so I it only is, have a Switch. Is. Oh, is it on the Switch? Okay. Yeah, if you have online. Um, so we actually, yeah, my niece uh, plays on the Switch with us from there. Um, no you shit. Could, you could okay. play from your iPad or iPhone. Uh, like, <laughs> that is cross compatible with the PC the version and the Xbox now. version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's well. I don't know if I've told you at any point, but yeah, Minecraft. Um, like we started playing in like 2011 and like just built these crazy worlds and like some of those same worlds that we built back then, my, my daughter now has played in and like built stuff in them. It's awesome. It's like the coolest generational. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this world you get to inhabit with them and like you form these little memories like, Oh, this place it's, it's really cool. So it's exciting that I, um, I, Remember, and I'm probably going to butcher butcher this, but I remember like years ago seeing a like kind of a blowout, like started with like, here's the size of Earth. And it kept like scaling out and it showed like the scale of the Minecraft world oh, and yeah. universe. <laughs> and it's, it's gargantuous. It's just massive. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. Limitlessly or limitlessly like creating new places for you to explore. And, yeah. and it looks prettier now than ever before. The, the landscapes yeah. are way more realistic. These caverns and nerd out over. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of blown away by it. I I was just kind of like dismissed it. You know, it just never really caught my eye. I was like, uh, a bunch of blocks. Man, it doesn't seem like much Mm -hmm. fun. We were, I think that's been everybody's experiences. Yeah. uh, It's just like, well, I don't understand why. And then you start playing. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's satisfying. I accomplished something. Oh, oh, it has like electronic, like electrical wiring that I can mess with. That's, unique that's a lot more grown up than i thought it was going to be so there's like a lot of cool stuff you can do yeah or or you could be not grown up and decide that what you want to do is build a giant castle in this in the shape of a cat and make a castle which is what i did a castle giant castle cat shaped castle and then half of a second a half of a second that one was more complicated and i never finished uh i i still want to give um because it's a rare opportunity and we don't frequently have a chance to recommend anything to our 
our audience in, t- in the board game category. I will ask yeah. him if he has any new f- hot recommendations. Oh gosh. There's so many. Um, I've, I've actually haven't been in the whole, like what's hot right now because there's like mm-hmm. thousands of games coming out every year yeah. right now. It's such a like a huge, you know, hobby. It's, it's mm-hmm. really taken off the last five years, even, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And like, Kickstarter has really like, you know, encouraged that a ton. And so I've kind of cooled off on like the hotness factor, but what I Mm -hmm. have been focusing on are just like the top quality games, like, you know, just like have kind of been tried and, you know, tested, you know, through time and still something that people go back to. And, um, one game in particular that I just, I'm like in love with try to play it any chance I can get um, is a game called Watergate. And as you can assume, it's about, you know, that famous period in our, our American history with Nixon. And uh, it's essentially, it's, it's a, only a two player game and it's a, a good mix. There's a board. So you're doing a little bit of area control where you're trying to pin Nixon in the middle and put these clues on the board <laughs> to, you know, the, the different, um, you know, um, oh, what were they? The, the informants, you know, that are on the outside of the board. Um, but how you do that, it's really interesting is you have these cards that you play and they're, it's kind of a dual purpose card. So one portion of the card can influence these um, different um you know, evidence tokens that you put out there. And as you're playing these cards, you do this tug of war, this pull, you know, trying to pull them to your side so you can use them to, if you're playing the, you know, journalist side, or if you're playing the Nixon administration side, you're trying to stop the other person from actually making these two connections on the board. Um, But there's also like the bottom half of the card has this like, most of them are like a one-time use kind of thing that can completely blow up your plans. It's really, really cutthroat. Um, and it's always, always a game that like the climax of it, it like the, the last part of the game is really, really intense. And I've played it probably, I don't know, 15, 20 times. And every time it's just an absolute blast. So <laughs> highly recommend nice. Watergate. It's just a fantastic game. You can play it if you know the, the cards and you kind of have the pacing, you can get a game in 30 minutes. So it's not a nice. super long game. I've got, um, I'm looking at a video here for sort of some visual references and it already looks yeah. super fun. I love the, yeah. like the, the concept looks yeah, amazing. What a, what, yeah. What a great concept. What a funny yeah, concept. I love it. It's really cool. And, and like, I, I was kind of daydreaming about, I, I like re-themes sometimes and you know, think about like, oh, this is cool with this theme, but what else could, you know, and if anybody's yeah. an X-Files fan, like X-Files is mm. just, it's screaming to have some sort of a re-theme of an X-Files kind of, you know, the, the smoking man is the, you know, the centerpiece <laughs> and, you know, your tug of war with all these, you know, sort of things I think would be fantastic. So uh, maybe I'll yeah. make it, but. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Switch it up just enough. Yeah, make some yeah. yeah, that's that's one I've, I've been playing a ton. Um, I'm like looking over at my board game shelf right now. I've got a ton. Uh, Nemesis is a fantastic game. That's like not necessarily a new one, but uh, it's about as close to the like alien film experience you could possibly get. Um, it's got a cool like traitor mechanism to it. So like it's co-op, you're all kind of working together, but you, the little twist on it is that at any moment, somebody that you're playing with might, you know, shit on your plans. And, you know, instead of going to earth, you're now going to Mars and you lost the game kind of thing based on the objective you're, you're going for. Um, That's fun. So yeah, no, I wish John was here because 
you know, if there's one, if there's one friend who loves to <laughs> just shit on, on your, your plans, plans, right? When yeah. you're in the middle. <laughs> it's a big Floyd turd. Yeah, I can. <laughs> yep. We would definitely. We'll see. If, if he did get home and, and uh, get on If he's line. on right now. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll have arise, gotten a rile out of him. We'll is, is there any no, no comments yet. People? No comments. No comments? Okay. He would throw a comment up if he was on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would. Yeah. This looks he's, fun too. He, he's our mod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's our moderator. Heavy he rules with an iron fist. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I feel like maybe it's time to bust back. Oh, you can tell me. You've got a sneak peek into it. Um I've got t- I got ticker ticket to ride a while back, but you can tell me oh. when when at what age will Scarlet be the right age to throw her in without making her want to never play again. How how old is she again? She's nine. Oh, she's ready. She's in that, yeah, that yeah, the perfect age right. for it. It's it's so easy. It's just you know set collection. You're just trying to to you know get the the right colored cards, and you know it, it's fantastic for that. Like I think I think Dylan was playing it at like seven, maybe six or seven. Okay. So yeah, it's I've perfect been holding for that. off because I've been nervous, but and you can you can remove. What did I do? There, I think there was one thing that I kind of. No, I don't even think I did. Actually, now that I think about it, there's like the longest train connected, you know, kind of bonus point thing at the end. And mm-hmm. um, I think she still got that concept. So I think cool. the thing with kids I've noticed playing board games with kids is they are always, I, I tend to like think that I need to dumb it down or like go lower age group than they are. And psh, they pick up on games so quickly. Like they're so they blow me away like charlie was playing what were we playing oh risk we i have lord of the rings version of risk and mm. uh, oh, cool. i was kind of like i don't know if this is going to be right for him or not and he was blowing me with away with some of his strategy uh he lost interest you know i mean that's a long game right like i should have probably known better but you know, <laughs> he, he made it like an hour in and he's just like uh dad he, he's nine yeah. so he was just like dad i think uh we'll have to shelve this one for later <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have never played a game of Risk. I I have always wanted to, and I always wanted it to be to where everybody had to had to like you know like dress and drink uh, beverages yeah. of their country. Yeah. Like you know, if you were Russia, you had to drink vodka all night, and then, yeah, and yeah. But I, I, I do still like spicing it up like that. I Someday. actually I recently recently played a kind of a uh, actually some college kids I don't know the full history of this but some college kids made this board game board game called the War on Terror and it was like around I think the whole you know Middle East conflict War on Terror kind of you know uprising thing and it's uh, it's kind of a mix between Risk and Catan and there's okay. like so many interesting elements with it, but it was fantastic it's super it's pretty rare like it's hard to find but it's fantastic fantastic fun time um like finding this weird what, what about jake do you play board games at all tabletop oh, a little bit um um we just played one like a week and a oh half. yeah we played joking hazard that's that's oh, yeah. Yeah. Game, right? yep yep building yep. the building the comics um and then my parents i've been since i've been um staying with my parents uh, they play a lot of Hanabi and mm-hmm. Azul, and and both yeah. of those are, are a lot of fun. 
Because Azul is great. I just played uh, Sagrada. Have you heard of that one? It's like no, a, I haven't. It's like a uh, dice drafting. So you like based on the number of players, you roll some dice and you like pick which one you're going to put in your little display. And you're trying to build a stained glass window oh. um, with some like kind of you know restrictions on the dice sure. placement and. Um, it's just a really fun kind of crunchy, like little brain puzzle. And um, mm. yeah, it's a really good go-to. If, if people, I find if people like Azul, they tend to to enjoy Sagrada uh, most of the time. So. Like visually yeah, pleasing. Kind of yeah, thing. it's got that little yeah. tactile, mm-hmm. you know. Tactile, yeah, that feel. tactile. I like that. Levi, Levi recently introduced me to Camel Up. I don't know if you've played that one. That one's pretty oh, yeah. funny. It's pretty yeah, chaotic and It's super silly. chaotic. Yep. That's camel a fun up. one. Camel up. Well, there was a lot of debate for years whether it was camel up or camel cup. Like, because the way that it's written on the thing, it's like you don't quite know. And so there's there's camps in in both parties that are very adamant on which one it is. So I'm I'm of the camel up camp. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the camels can like kind of piggyback on each other in the race. And so it makes sense to me, camel up. I don't know. And I think, well, we at least had a rule. I don't know if it was an official rule that when a camel got on top of another camel, you had to say camel up. And then that was also incorporated into a drinking, drinking component. And then the the expansion that had the little camel baby that popped out. That was was (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. They they didn't make that. I'm just BSing that one. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Just joshing. Well, I suppose... Is it time now for the the main event? Yeah. Is that is the movie is the movie the main event of of your guys's? What's no? So we try the main event is really the upfront sort of uh, you know yeah. the fun facts because that's where we built our audience. Um, yeah, okay. and then you know since since it's been Jake and I, we've started tacking on the the multimedia and video games or media and video yeah. you know TV movie video yeah. game uh, segment just because it's. You know, like we're pop culture nerds and it just makes sense. It's like what we, you know, what we do, but we throw them as sort of the last thing because if the audience started here because they were just, they like the fun facts, you know, then they can see their way out by the time it gets to (laughs) movies or video games. Yeah. Like, okay, this is not for me. I like, I don't know how many people we've got that fit under that category. Um, But, but you give a little something for everybody. I like that. Yeah. So, our movie for this week is Spider-Man... No, it's not even Spider-Man 3. It's it's Spider-Man 3, 2. Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man 3, 2. No Way Home. (laughs) If you haven't seen the movie, get get out. Get get out. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. You gotta go. You gotta go. go. You should leave and watch the movie, but... Yeah. If yeah, nothing else, watch the movie. It's on, <laughs> we 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 waited it for it to be at on home release so that it, hopefully you, you is, go is watch the movie. Come right back. Is it streaming anywhere? Not free. Not yet. Okay. You have to oh, buy not it. Free. Okay. But for me, it was an instant cop. It's like okay, okay yeah, I'm buying that because I'm going to watch it like 400 times. <laughs> uh, all Danny. Uh, yes. I'll give you the the. The red carpet Open, for your first opening, impressions. Opening remarks. Oh no, yeah. I feel like this might be controversial compared to your excitement of this film. Um, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying this: um, during so so my experience with watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe films was, you know, I'd seen a handful. I'd just seen a couple over the years. Um, 
you know, really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. That one was great. Um, but when the pandemic hit and we were all like locked down for a long period of time, like the kids and I were like, you know, I've always kind of wanted to go from the beginning, Iron Man, you know, one and work my way all the way through. And so we set out for this very <laughs> large task of watching every single, you know, MCU film. And we we accomplished it. We watched every single one up to, I think we kind of lost steam around um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Um, it just, that didn't quite resonate with us. But yeah. um, so loved, you know, the, the first two in the Tom Holland universe films were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up watching all of, uh, so I had not seen, I'd seen, bits and pieces of the Sam Raimi. And, and those that know me know it's just a classic Danny oh. Ferris move to start a movie and fall asleep. That's just what <laughs> I do. I'm like an old man, like I've been doing it for years. And so like I'd started it a couple of times, fell asleep kind of deal. Well, we decided one weekend to sit down right before we went and saw this, you know, No Way Home. We we sat down and watched all five. There's five of them, right? Yeah, the first three, Sam Raimi, and then the two, Andrew Garfields. Yeah. And... They were good. I actually like the Andrew Garfields better um, than oh, the Sam Raimi. That's probably blasphemous to say, but that's, you know, I, I really... It's a hot, it's a hot take. It's a hot take for <laughs> sure. I'll own that. I'll own that for sure. Um, and so, you know, we got to the theater. We we saw it. We were lucky enough to see it in theater. I feel like it's a really good cinematic experience. Like it was mm. just made to like see on the big screen. Um, I really, really loved the, like, just the celebration of Spider-Man. Like that's, you know, it just poured out of the the screen for that. Like it was just the head nods and the little things that they put in throughout were just great. That was very, very entertaining. Um, I think I worry that I've only watched that one time and Mm -hmm. I worry though that like, there's not... It was more of just like, oh, they did a great job tying all these things together from the old, you know, the older movies. Was there really like a a great story behind that? And I, mm. I don't know. I need to see it a second time to kind of like solidify my my opinion on that. But um, overall, had a great time. The kids were split on it. Charlie nine loved it. Dylan twelve was like, I don't know. And I, I think it was mm. because she just didn't enjoy the kind of nods back to the other films. She didn't like those yeah. films as much. And yeah. so um, I think maybe yeah, it's that's different, focused, you know, when you've seen them as they release, you know, and it's like this nostalgic flashback through your life rather than like, Oh yeah, we watched this a week ago or whatever, you know, yeah. like, it, you know, <laughs> you can't build point, that yeah. nostalgia for, yeah. So that makes, it does make a lot of sense. And I, I can yeah. hear you too on the, um, it, I would say on the second time through, it was more clear to me, like what, okay, here's what, here's what this movie is about for Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, the first time through it is like this rush of like high notes, high notes, high notes, high notes yeah. Yeah. Um, as you're going through. But I do think, yeah, on, on second watch, it was a little bit more clear kind of what the intent was, which I liked. Um, okay. I guess, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I should, I'll let you, if you have wrap up before I start. I, I, I have like a really big thought about the film, but I, I, I think I want to save it because I feel like it's, okay. it kind of just unwraps the package and, you know, doesn't okay. leave anything. Okay. So I'll, I'll save my final thoughts till, till both okay. of you kind of give your take. Jake, should I let you, you want to, you want to take, take the reins? 
Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give a quick. I, I, I didn't have um, a lot of chance to sit down and, and, and think too much, too much about what, what I was going to say, but just, just that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time watching it, but it does require you to have invested in these movies because it doesn't do a lot of like it doesn't introduce these characters, really. You know, you just have to know yeah. what the Green Goblin's about and you have to mm-hmm. know what each of these characters is about. Um, but it was a it was a it was a really fun sort of cinematic treat and sort of a, it felt like that experience of watching Endgame. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, man, like, like, seems like an impossible task of tying all these properties together in in a nice conclusion. But they did it, and and here this was different because it's tying different cinematic universes together, and they did it in a way that was that was a lot of fun, and and so it was cool to sort of just see it as like a unique watching experience of this thing you never thought would would not, you know, I it's got so many legal hurdles to jump to get these different Spider-Man into the same, you know, same film and (laughs) under Marvel and Sony is so stingy about, about, about sharing their stuff. Mm. But I, I, it was a lot of fun, you know, it's a lot of fan service and Spider-Man nods, but, but I had a great time watching it and, and I like, so we're going to, I'm not, I guess I could talk about it vaguely, and we've already warned people to get out of here if they haven't Spoiler. seen it. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. Get out of here. If you haven't seen it, you, or if you don't care, you yeah, can stay. If you don't care, you if can you stay. If you don't care at all, you can stay. I like <laughs> the ending um, and sort of Peter's decision. There's, there's this moment at the end where he makes a big decision on, on you know, does does he keep his secret or not? Yeah. Yep. And it's a morally ambiguous decision he makes. And I yeah. like that. I like that yeah. it's a really morally ambiguous decision he makes. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like this poor kid has had so many impossible things put on him. And, and it really makes like this movie, man, makes you feel for, for Tom Holland's Spider. It makes you feel for all the spider spider man. persons. Yeah. The spider but, but, but Tom Holland, oh, the, the, that Peter Parker... Poor Peter, poor Peter Parker has it rough, but, but he comes out like, like where it ends up, where Spider-Man ends the film is, is interesting. Cause it feels like a really authentic. Now we've got this really authentic Spider-Man because he was sort of Iron Man protege, which yeah, was fun. Which I never hated. had it. People hated. I didn't have a problem with it. It was fun. But now we, it was, it was interesting that, that, it, that it ended in this spot where you have this really, really authentic Spider-Man. You know, back to sort of this very classic Spider-Man yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of poetic how like full circle that came. I didn't really mm-hmm. think about that, but that is a good point. Yeah, I. I'll I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Yeah, jump in. Yeah, those, those were my so, thoughts. Those were my thoughts. Yeah, I've Keep I've loved the Tom Holland Spider Spider People. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really thought it was like. Oh, this whole them folding it in with like him being a kid and and Tony comes along and helps him like that's a totally fresh take and it works. It makes, you know, it makes him easily able to just slide right into the MCU. So I've really Mm -hmm. appreciated that. And the like Uncle Ben parallel is really nice with Tony, um, you know, not giving us the Uncle Ben again and, and then having that be part of it. They totally nail like 
he's a kid dealing with all this shit and it's so yeah. heavy and and he's so yeah. good at selling that. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, I, 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 like this movie and Endgame, like there are there are parts that just well, I mean, there's sad parts in this movie that brought me to tears. Yeah. But but they <clears throat> they bring me to tears because it's like this celebrate. It's like now at this point we're so it's like a celebration of movies and like i know like there's going to be a lot of like scorsese's out there who who think i'm dead wrong about this but but being able to incorporate parts of the sony movies and celebrate them and 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 like be acknowledging that like you know andrew garfield's like oh i'm not that special i wasn't that good and they're like no you were amazing you were great like this, <laughs> little yeah. bits of meta the, yeah the, it's really yeah. fun the three of them wooing off of the you know it's like the, these parts of the I'll, I'll just like on Endgame, i'll watch that and just like cry because it's like i can't believe i actually got this like woo. yeah how could I would never have imagined the studio system would ever give me this beautiful mm-hmm. thing that I could I could love. And I feel the same way about like Spider-Man is that, but just for Spider-Man. It's like nobody's ever gonna make a better J. Jonah Jameson or Doc Ock or 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 Green Goblin. And so there you go. There's here they Throw are all and, together. And man, Defoe just better than ever. Oh, like just as good as he always was is like uh, i'm just gonna keep rambling for a while he's always the, the, great the, never points. punching goblin in the face and he's just like got that crazy joker look it's like oh god yeah. yes it's peak goblin or peter parker uh man strong enough to have it all too weak to take it it's he's perfect he's perfect he's so good at that role uh and like the humor around like Ned, Ned hearing about other Spider-Man's best friend who turned against him and killed him. Like how, he- yeah. how, oh man, the things that always like get to me in movies is like an adult acknowledging what adulthood has done to them. And you get that, those moments with, with uh, Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man where they're like, God, seeing them next to, Tom Holland who's still got a little bit of that innocent left in him and they've got, you know, they've, they're very clearly burdened with their, with, with having been Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. All of it. Just amazing. Just really amazing. I, I, uh, I it yeah. shouldn't have worked as well as it all did. <laughs> and then like, yeah, just watching them all woo off that, off the Statue yeah. of Liberty was, it felt so good. So that, the execution that- was great. So yeah. the 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 moment where where Andrew Garfield catches catches MJ, oh god, that moment that that one stood stood out so much to me. It just like what? Oh yeah. my, my, it's just sweating. My eyes are sweating. I've been <laughs> cutting onions in here. <laughs> yeah, ah, that scene, that that moment is so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, yeah. I'm gonna dump on this this okay. <laughs> uh, so like and this this is not like this has been i think discussed almost ad nauseum from the point but as i'm watching it in theater like uh, everything you said i agree with like it, it was it was great on all those levels but the one thing that i could not get out of my brain watching it was why did they not think to just erase 
Mysterio yeah. from everybody's mind yeah, instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> and that, that fucking ruined it. I'm sorry, but it, it, it like, it took me out. I was just like, I couldn't get over it. People are, yeah, it. people are, uh, like, theorizing that Dr. Strange is a scroll because he's so dumb in this movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. Like he's got to be an impersonator. That's not strange. It, strange I mean, is not this stupid. It was definitely an oversight on both of their parts, you know? Um, mm. But then again, you just wouldn't have the film that you have. You know, that's the... Yeah, the point you know, out that is a stupid disbelief. idea. Like, Strange eventually does go, like, you didn't just call and talk to the... Like, you know, he does mock yeah, the yeah. idea. But yeah, yeah. There, yeah. if you have time to sit and think, which they should have. They, yep, they um, did. Yeah. Right, right. It, it, yeah. It's it's a film... It's definitely a film where if you sit and think about it too much, you <laughs> yeah. can be like, this... This Like, the whole... It's all built on a premise that, that like... And it's one of those funny... Like Age of Ultron is a funny Avengers film to me because they rise to the moment and become heroes because they created a problem in the first place. So that's mm-hmm. very much this film, which yeah, yeah. spoils the heroism a little bit. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's when you, you 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 can't you can't you just if you're gonna you know, like to have fun with it, you got to be like yeah, <laughs> all right, <For laughs> that's sure. a dumb idea. Sure. But <laughs> I think what the the. The heroism, hero of them, heroism of it, and like that. What I say, you know, like what was more concrete for me on the second viewing was this this notion of like you save everybody, you save the bad guy, and like it's it sort of brings mm-hmm. in this Star Wars, you know, like the redemption of Vader is more powerful than than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that being that he didn't just like create a problem and then he killed them all. Right. Like it was right. You created no, a problem like, and helped them with yeah, their problems. It. Yeah. And that yeah. was that's like that was also interesting. I, I forgot about this. I was I was thinking about this while watching the film. It's like if different like I'm sure someone has done the similar concept in, in a film, but like all these Marvel movies have I've watched all the Marvel movies multiple times. No one's ever stopped and been like, can we can we like maybe you need help? And like, <laughs> like not just end up being this big, pun- yeah. you know, punching. It does yeah. end up being a big punching battle in, in a sense, but it, but it is, it is, it was interesting that, that he could have like, yeah. like it, it, there, there's this big crux of you can either just like punch these guys back into their dimension and now it's not your problem or, you know, do this thing that no one's tried of like helping them and, and yeah. doing, doing it in a different way. Which is so audacious that. Doctor Strange fights him and tells him, like, you're being stupid. You're being naive. Like, of course, they're going to die. Everybody die. Like, you know, it's like. It's yeah, it's it's nice to see that difference of like, OK, here's what makes Spider-Man special um, relative to those guys. Yeah, because Doctor Strange is is like he's so powerful. It's it's on the realm of like like his his morals are, are questionable because because like the stakes are so high for him. I wonder if that's a bit of the part of the theme of like this this phase four because in in Captain uh, or in Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. by the end of it it's it is about kind of the enemy is a little bit it is there's redemption for two I think of the of the enemies I, I don't see, yes. I don't think you need to go finish that series yeah um, it's kind of a it's more you know like there are Cap fans and I think it's for yeah. them who gotcha would rather not have superpowers too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think, 
that I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was for them. Um, but then uh, like Loki, the villain, you know, it's this less of a punch fest. I think maybe they're, maybe that's kind of more of the theme of that's starting to come in is we're starting to have enemies that are less black and white and more. Uh, they did, yeah, they did that. Yeah. yeah, they definitely did it in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They, 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 they sort of, they, they were doing the it as well. Redemption. Yeah. The point was redemption. And so they, they did do it. You're, you're right. Um, and, but I like, yeah, I think they are doing more and more of this and, and, and I hope they continue oh. to some of what they've done is like <laughs> the big Marvel third act, but like WandaVision and they, they did it in WandaVision too, but Loki and WandaVision have these, like, there's a philosophical debate in the middle of the big conclusion. <laughs> That's what I wanted to go back to is that, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, have you ever heard of the story of the ship of, the- ship of Theseus? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my, f- I loved Loki. And and one of the most thrilling parts of Loki to me was a conversation. Like I was so gripped by this conversation that takes place. And mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I loved that. Yeah, it's the oh god, I love the yeah, that last episode being like a 30 minute conversation. Have you seen Loki yet, Danny? I have not seen Loki. Nope. I haven't seen any of the newer stuff. I heard I not to like jump it's right fun. to the newest, but Moon Knight seems to be kind of controversial right now. Like people are kind of either loving it or hating it. Hmm. I have never read Moon Knight, so yeah. And I also, these days, I may be faulted for enjoying things. Um, <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. It feels a lot different than than the rest of the MCU stuff. Like it feels very, yeah. it feels not like MCU stuff at all. Really, yeah. Um, yeah Which it's, I, it's I think it needs. You know, I, yeah. I feel like it got slightly formulaic. I. I never mm-hmm. finished Eternals, totally. but that seemed like it was, you know, they were attempting to like take it in a new direction a little bit. I think they just bit off more. They could chew with it yeah. um, is what it kind yeah. of felt like. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, Oscar yeah. Isaac, you know, he's fantastic. Oh, I so. love Oscar Isaac. He is yeah. fantastic. He's really good. Yeah. And the episode, I mean, the first episode is very, very, very fun to watch. Do, um, do you know if it's, I, I haven't looked into this part of this, but the, is it like follow the Jeff Lemire comic line? Does, do either of you know that? I don't no, know. Okay. Okay. I know nothing about uh, what. Do you know what happens? Is it, is it like a big Mr. Knight? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I read like the first okay. graphic novel in that series and it was forever ago. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. remember to be honest, but. No, no worries. Um, I, I've been reading about it lately, but I have no frame of reference for it. So it's like. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. You know, I'll hear the names of these series, but I, yeah, I just don't know them. Um, is it is it dark I mean, though? I mean, it's it's on Disney Plus, so I yeah, always so like, far, assume they're yeah, okay. So far, is is much darker. You know, people, the tone tonally it fits more with the uh, Netflix Marvel stuff, okay. which mm, everybody's no... saying now, like they can't believe the Marvel Netflix stuff is on on Disney's channel because yeah. you know it's dark. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, Punisher like gouges someone's eyes out. Yeah, Daredevil and, and the like, I, haven't, I haven't seen somebody. those ones. I need to watch them. So they're, they, depending on your appetite for MCU stuff, I think they're really okay. great. Like the daredevil one is fun because like the context of it is New York has been de- destroyed by the Avengers fighting Loki. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, in that gap, this man rises to power Kingpin because he comes in and redevelops those areas that were destroyed and kind of takes over ownership of this, this neighborhood, this hell's kitchen for, yeah where daredevil is and yeah 
And so he, oh man, Daredevil in Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah that was a nice, uh, that was that a was nice little nice. nod, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, like he exists as sort of like a more of a person within that world, but still, you know, there's, you get great fight sequences that are like, uh, you know, more like born identity or the okay. real, real, you know, hand, yeah. good hand-to-hand combat. Nice, nice. I haven't seen the other ones though, the other three. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, yep. Yeah. I almost said I'm Jessica curious, Alba, though. but I would have been wrong. <laughs> they got a fantastic photo. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I'm not. Which, I'm not which, thinking of that. Oh, in the no. <laughs> which, which version? They were both so good. They were, you know? Yeah, it's uh, true. It's hard to pick a favorite <laughs> out of those two. <laughs> When do even we my, get them in even my, kids, even my kids knew better. They were just like, this is bad. Like, this is really bad, Dad. Can we turn this off? So, it's so oh, bad. Boy. Well, maybe that's, I guess that's it. I don't know. For Spider-Man? Any, any other thoughts on the Spider-Folk? I, I guess just I'm bummed that it's over. I mean, it's it's over, over, right? Like they really pretty closed it up, tied it up, and well, it's over, but it's not. It's over. Yeah. So they they supposedly want to do a college trilogy with him. Oh, oh interesting. Be, interesting. And that's yeah. why he has now gone back to okay. How do we get him to? He has no money, no connections. Yeah, and he's just poor Peter Parker living in New York. Ah, okay. The okay. end of this ties it up nicely, so he can go be the Peter Parker that people expect him to be and do the college trilogy. Gotcha. I do feel like there's got to be, they're probably working on some sort of Miles Morales um, project. Like tie in with it. The yeah. hope, the hope is that they won't until, until, um, cause Tom Holland supposedly is on board for like forever. Um, the hope is that they won't until he's like past the college trilogy and then he's adult Peter. And then we get Miles. Oh, that would be as the handoff, so that there's the mentor aspect. Um, I don't know. This is just Reddit comments at this point. This is not. I mean, because he he keeps saying, "Oh, I'm gonna quit." You know, I'm gonna not act for a while, and he keeps saying saying all sorts of conflicting stuff about whether or not he's gonna be acting or doing Spider Man. But Marvel keeps being like, "Tom Holland Spider Man's not." You know, we're gonna keep him around. Well, he's yeah. He he gets more money the longer he keeps them thinking he might not work for them. That's, That's true. That's really true. You <laughs> that contract. I'm game. sure his agent is saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Say you're gonna take a break, Spider Man. Yeah. You don't want to be typecast. Just keep yeah. telling people you don't want to be typecast. You you want to try new things. Period. Then Disney piece. will Let's throw, the, throw that. Period. Tom Holland. Throw that Iron Man money. But, uh, yeah, they don't have to spend it on RDJ anymore. Yeah. But now they're gonna have to spend it on Tom Holland. What's what's the next like film coming out in the MCU? Doctor Strange two. Oh, that's in a couple right. Months. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi. Excited. Sam Raimi, and I, that looks that looks pretty wild. That does. Does. the trailer. That does look yeah. wild. I hope it's good. I I, I enjoyed the first one a lot. Like that yeah. was that was up there for me. Yeah. Like I really dug it. If you take psychedelics as the first one starts, they'll kick in by the time you get to his things start folding. Yeah. Oh, his, oh, pushed out of his body. Tri- That's like super a new trippy generations, of- like uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, don't let someone like Martin Scorsese hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like, 
Spencer oh, made uh, the best point would ever explode. about Martin Scorsese. It's like, hey man, can we get one more mafia movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we get one more East Coast mafia movie? Yeah. F- for yeah. diversity, for the f- diversity of film. Maybe uh, you could cast the same people Robert you've had De Niro? in all your other, yeah. all your other movies about fresh. the mafia. Have Robert <laughs> De Niro in there. And just deep yeah. fake them the whole time. You know, don't even do like the throwback. Just deep fake, de-age them in the whole movie and he could just start all over again, you know? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. One. Who pioneered that de-aging technology? God, oh, I don't where'd know. Where'd that come from? Was that? I don't know. Oh, God, that was it's, that was those d- stinky Marvel movies. I, I, got, I got to ask, like, is it as jarring and takes you out of it as it does for me? Like, I, I don't know if you, either of you watched, um, oh, you know, the Book of Boba. Movie. Like when, when they did Luke, you know, it, oh, it just, oh, it, oh, just yeah. it threw me out. I, I can't not see how, like, you know, how it was, it was generated. It looks weird. Yeah. It definitely has an uncanny, it still has that uncanny valley feeling yeah, it to it. Yep. Like I was, yeah, I was blown yeah. away by how, what was his name? Peter, uh, what's his name? They brought back. Tar- Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 like, yep. I can it's remember his weird name, and yeah. creepy and morally ambiguous, but yeah, they pulled that him off, yeah, exceptionally yeah, well in yeah, a weird way. Where you're like, me. it's kind of like watching, like, like he seems to be acting in this movie, but yeah. then Leia and Luke, so like, yeah. <laughs> Not quite. I think you you just have to have high cheekbones and a lot of folds to like really right. you know be able to be generated digitally and pull yeah, I it guess off. so. Because so yeah, Leia threw me out of it too. I was like, that's that's not convincing. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it, I feel like Marvel started to get it right because like that the Willem Dafoe you're seeing in this whole new Spider Man is DH, yeah. and he did, he oh. just looks like. 20 years ago, Defoe. I just thought he was like, acting well. You never. <laughs> he's, he's that. You never guess. Uh, <laughs> Like I, 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 it took me watching yeah. it a second time and going like, "Oh, he doesn't look like this in interviews." They, uh, they de-aged definitely him had a DH. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, and yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and I forget which was it an Avengers or what Civil one where he does Civil War. 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 He does the young version of himself. Yeah, that, that looks was, amazing to me. Yeah, hats off to that. Like that actually was a really well done one. Um. Captain Marvel's Sam Jackson works really well, except for when he's moving around in his old man kind of stiff body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. here I come, a 35-year-old man. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Some, so sometimes it, it's like when it works, it, you know, it's seamless yeah. and you're like, wow. Uh, or you just don't even think about it. And then when it doesn't work, it's just like... Why yeah. do you even bother? <laughs> well, I, I heard, and I'm probably going to like get some of this wrong, but I heard that the Luke Skywalker, you know, deep fake would, they actually went out and hired some kid that like did like, uh, do either of you know the story? Yeah. Am yeah, I, yeah. yeah it, was, uh, it was a kid that like kind of showed them up. Right. It was like, they did yeah. it in the Mandalorian and he was just, they were kind of like, oh, that's, I can do better. And like created a much more realistic, albeit like I still had issues with it, but um, you know, much more realistic than in the Mandalorian. Yeah. He did a deep fake instead of trying to use a digital model. So he was okay. using actual footage of, of gotcha, gotcha, real Luke, real Luke Skywalker, yeah. and then you know, so it should be as close, you know, as close as you can get. Is yeah, um, but yeah, I think they did get. I don't. Yeah, I, I did hear something like that, but it was just like, well, give him a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he can do that at home on his computer, <laughs> get him in here. Totally. Um, it's like the um, uh, catch him if you can, you know, model, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> might as well hire him. He's been running this long. Well, 
at this point, um, we've, to- we've talked it out. I'm going to start running into bladder issues soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're at that age. Um, <laughs> and I think you'll, you'll be happy to know, I believe this is our longest podcast yet, which Woo-hoo. means it's the most successful. I always, it's a, if you that's keep a, talking for that long, that's a good barometer for, for totally. whether or not it's a good podcast, right? I, I, I'll buy it. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little biased, I, but I'll I, buy it. I think for the most, and that's true, except for yeah. maybe my rambling discussion of Matrix <laughs> Resurrections, I won't consider that a success. And then I talked for 40 minutes about the Matrix. It was not good podcasting. I, I listened to that one. You were patting longer. it a little bit, but it, I was following along. It was good. That's good. That's good. I yeah. felt like I was just like, oh my god, I talked forever. <laughs> so uh, it's a complicated. You just took movie. the wrong pill. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> took a purple pill. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't feel so good. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know what I said for the last forty minutes, but here I am. This is on the other side of it all. Oh <laughs> uh, well, before before we dive out of here. Uh, uh, Danny, I'll give you the chance to tell the people to do anything you want. They'll do. They'll do basically anything. <laughs> Just there's do millions anything. of them, and they're they're all very they're impressionable. All they're very, very impressionable. They're like their will and yeah. and actions are in the palm of my hand right now. Yeah. Do oh you want boy. them to follow you on Instagram? Do you want them to donate you know, to a charity? Do you want them to I'm, I don't go out on the street and pull their a, pants down? Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I don't want him to get arrested or anything like that. Um, I can't you know, arrest I just, all of us. I'm going to say a really kind of hippie-ish thing here, but I, I feel like I've been uh, focusing on the small things and just, you know, finding the good in, in the small things of life lately. And I just encourage everybody to like, to, you know, to find that, you know, go look for it. Mm. So I love it's kind it. of, it's a little like hippy dippy lovey dovey, you know, but that's, that's where I'm at with it. So ah, no, I, I, I agree can use completely. It. Yeah. I think we all can, honestly. I, think I can like, use it. Yeah, I, that's where well, I'm at. <laughs> the three of us are probably on the same page of being like at that age where you 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 know you're trying to just like stuff and enjoy your life, and you're constantly <laughs> yeah. getting told by the internet that you're wrong and dumb for oh liking things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I've an been feeling that weird place, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to have a good time out here. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, everyone says I should hate this thing. I don't know why I I loved it, but. <laughs> Yeah. Whoopsie. Whoops. <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, it is time to bring it home. Many thanks again to our guest, Danny Ferris. Thank you. Thank for you to my co-host, me. Jake Gable. Ah. And thank you all for listening. To get alerts when the show goes live, follow us at twitch.tv slash rethink everything podcast. You can come watch along and chat with us to see what the hell we're talking about. Uh, that's going to be all for this week. Make sure to check back next week for our very 51st episode. Maybe it'll be next week. It might not be exactly Woo! next week. Who knows if it's going to be exactly next week? We've yeah, always had true. some rough schedules lately. We might be, true. It might be a little bit after that. Just, it'll just, it'll just take us, it took us a long. This was a very long week between forty-nine yeah. and fifty. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a long week. <laughs> worth the wait, though. I so feel like sure worth the wait. All right, yes. and do, we're good. Do you do, do like a, a joint unison, like rethink everything all together kind of thing? Oh, want to? Sure. Let's do a three, two, one. Three, two, one. Rethink everything. Yay. Oh, yeah. Rethink everything. Okay. There we go. Follow Yep. Yep. Your clones are very impressive. You must be very proud.